in a series called what? All right. Now, we just did, my wife and I just came back from a, a conference. We were over in uh, Kansas City, okay, uh, MFI conference over there in Kansas City. And uh, Kansas City, they're a little kind of reserved. I mean, they got ribs. They got really good ribs, really good barbecue, which we didn't get a chance to get. But that's okay because it was good. It was better. Um, you know, they got good steaks and all that, but they're kind of reserved. It's kind of suburbia. Wasn't it? It was just kind of, you know, everybody drives a minivan. It's like Pleasantville. And they're, they're, they're kind of they're reserved. And so telling our mission statement right there in the series that we're in kind of sounded like Kansas City. You know, they're kind of reserved. This is Bloomington. Come on, we get excited. Amen? Come on, what series are we in? Amen. That sounds like Bloomington. That sounds like the Life Church. Loving Jesus, transforming lives. The first week we talked about discovering uh, the love of Jesus. In order to share love, in order to, uh, you know, really reproduce the love of God, you have to discover just what this love is that Christ has for us. I mean, it's, it's unfathomable, it's unthinkable. And then we talked about how that love prevails. That love is greater than anything you can ever imagine. This love is the greatest force in the universe. The greatest force. All right. It's greater than E equals MC squared. It's greater than, uh, you know, a, a white dwarf star for all of you chemists and, you know, uh, all those kind of people. I mean, it's greater than anything, any force that you can ever imagine. This love is greater than all of those things. Amen. Now that you've discovered that love and now that you understand that it's a prevailing love, we're going to talk just a little bit about sharing love. Loving Jesus, transforming lives. We're going to talk about sharing that love. Now, loving Jesus, transforming lives is a pretty simple thing. It just means to live like Jesus lived, to discover how he lived and to live like he lived and to share the love that he so graciously shared with you. Amen. It means to have that love anytime, anywhere and for anybody. Yeah, to reproduce the love that Jesus has for you. Here's what sharing love means. Here's what it means. Sharing love simply means to treasure what you've received from Jesus. Come on. And to make purposeful decisions to live like Jesus and to give all of what he's given to you for the benefit of others. To give everything that he's given to you to others for what? Their benefit. Not for your benefit. Not so that you can be known. Not so that you can be seen. Not so that you can get a pat on the back. But it's for others' benefit. How many know that the cross of Christ was for our benefit? Amen? The cross of Christ was certainly not for Christ's benefit. Thank you, sweetie pie. Uh, I, I believe that uh, if, if he wanted something for his benefit, he certainly wouldn't have chosen the cross. Come on, somebody. So the cross was for our benefit. And the love that you share should be for the benefit of others. We're going to talk a little bit out of the book of Luke, chapter 10. If you want to turn there, if you have your device, we'll get there in just a moment. That's the scripture that we're going to land on for this brief moment, talking about sharing love. But... While you're turning there, remember Ephesians 5.2 says this. It says, walk in love 
as Christ also loved us and given himself for us, an offering. Come on, listen to that, an offering, a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Come on, walk in love. It's a sacrifice, a sweet-smelling aroma. The message version puts it this way, and I, I love this version. It says it this way. It says, keep company with him and learn a life of love. This is the message version we're talking about. The next one up. Keep company with God. Learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. Go back and look and see how it is that he loved you. He gave his life for you on a bloody cross. Observe that. Come on. His love was not cautious, but it was extravagant. That means he didn't hold anything back. He gave everything that he had. Come on. Extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. And this is the most important statement. Love like that. <laughs> love like that. You want to know how to love? Love like that. You love like that, we won't have a problem. Come on. Oh, if you could love like that, the world would be a better place. Come on. 1 Corinthians 16, 4 says, let all that you do be done in love. The voice version says this, let love prevail in your life, your words and your actions. Let love prevail. Remember that? Prevail. There was a story in the Bible, a woman came up to Jesus, she fought her way through a crowd, you know the story, most of you. Jesus was walking with his disciples, and there was a great crowd, and he was on his way to a miracle. He was on his way to perform a great sign, a great wonder, to help somebody. He was on his way to a miracle. And the crowd was all around him. They were, the Bible uses the word thronging. They were thronging at him. They were groping. They were grasping for him. And his disciples were walking alongside him. And I imagine that they were pushing hands away so that he could get to where he needed to go. They were swatting people away and trying to keep people at arm's distance so the rabbi, so the master could, could go on his journey and get to where he had to go. And they were trying to keep him. They were sort of his guards. And he was walking on. And here comes a woman, and she sees Jesus. Now, mind you, Pharisees in those days wore robes. They wore long, beautiful, almost kingly robes. And at the bottom of their robes, on the hem of the robe, there was Scripture. Scripture was written on the hem of the robe. Come on. And so it was shown there that everybody could see. And so I could understand why this woman might crawl and try to get to the hem of a garment because the Word was there. The Word of God was there. It was Old Testament Scripture because the New Testament was still trying to happen. But the Word of God, the Old Testament was there on the hem of the garment. But one thing I noticed, this woman didn't go for one of the Pharisees who had scripture on their garment. I believe that she may have looked and saw 
one of the Pharisees walking, and she saw the word of God there, and she said, boy, that is the word of God. And then she looked over and saw the crowd and the throngs and the disciples who would become apostles. And she looked in the middle and she saw the word of God, the living, breathing word of God. And I believe right then she realized something. She realized that the letter of the law kills, but the spirit gives life. And the living, breathing word of God is here. I want to touch the hem of the word of God's garment. I just don't want some dead scripture. Come on. But I want the living, breathing word of God. And so she crawled through and she made her way through. This woman who had this issue of blood. And she got to the hem of his garment and just touched it. Jesus, walking with his friends, said, what? Someone touched me. Now, can you imagine his disciples? I can imagine Peter. Peter's probably got a little bit of a smart mouth. Come on. I know I probably would have. Seriously? Yeah, someone touched you? Yes, and that's a house over there. Here's some dirt. That's a tree. There's the sky. Yeah, you're saying obvious things, Jesus. Come on. You're supposed to be the master. You got a lot of insight there. Someone touched you. Of course someone touched you. But Jesus said, no, no, no. I, I, maybe I didn't say that the right way. You don't, you don't understand what I'm saying. What I'm saying is virtue left me just then. Some power left me just then. The point to that, this particular rendition of the story is, that Jesus had that virtue and power in him. You cannot give something that you don't have. You cannot share love, you cannot share virtue if you don't have it. I love to use the analogy, we were just on a plane, uh, and I, I, I like to fly, and uh, I love to use the analogy of when they're giving you the safety instructions on a plane. One of the things they do is say, your cabin may lose pressure. And if that happens, these oxygen masks will fall out of the sky right in front of you. What you want to do is put your oxygen mask on. And if you don't see the bag inflating and deflating, don't worry. Oxygen is still coming through. But if you're traveling with a child, Or if you're traveling with someone who is unable to do this for themselves, put your mask on first and then take care of them. Because if you don't put yours on first, you might pass out and then they're going to pass out. And then everybody's going to be in trouble. Make sure you're together first so that you'll be able to take care of others. Because you can't give something that you don't have. If we don't go to Jesus and press in, if we don't discover this kind of love and we don't understand that his love prevails and it's the greatest force in the universe, we'll never have love to give. We'll be simply giving feelings. We'll be giving emotions. Come on. I dare say we'll be giving lust. We'll be giving what's in us to give. And if you don't have the love of Jesus in you, you cannot give it. 
Here's my sharing love prayer. Here's a sharing love prayer that I have. It says, Lord Jesus, today I ask for a double portion of the love of God. Fill me to overflowing. Help me to have eyes to see and heart to respond to the needs of all people. Let me, Lord, share grace with the undeserved and bring some healing to the hurting. How many would have that prayer for their heart this morning? All right, then I want you to say that with me this morning. Come on, we're going to say it like blooming tonight. Amen. Come on, one, two, three, go. Lord Jesus, I, today I ask for a double portion of the love of God. Fill me to overflowing. Let me share and bring some healing. Let me share grace with the undeserved. By the way, you yourself can look in the mirror because you are the undeserved. Come on. So when you share that with someone else, someone else is praying to share it with you. Come on. We all are the undeserved. And bring some healing to the hurting. This is why Jesus came to bring healing to the hurting. You have your Bible, the the book of Luke, chapter 10th. We're beginning at verse 29. You know this story. Goes like this. I'm reading it from the New King James Version of the Bible goes like this, but he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man, this is how Jesus answered him, answered him with a story, (laughs) said a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and then they departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came, looked, passed on by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and he took care of him. He didn't stop there. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii. He gave them to the innkeeper, and he said to him, take care of him. And listen, whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three, Jesus is saying, do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said, go and do likewise. Find out how God loves love like that. Find out what God does, go and do likewise. We're talking this morning about sharing love. 
There's six points I want to get across to you out of this story of the Good Samaritan that we've read so often, we've heard preached on so often, but it seems like it's difficult sometimes for us to actually enact. Come on. The first thing is, share love does not pass by the need. Share love does not pass by the need. The priest passed on the other side. The Levite passed on the other side. Passers-by are people who could help but wouldn't help. Passers-by are people who see compassion based on worth. I feel sorry for you if I feel that you're worth it. But if I don't feel that you're worth it, then, hey, listen, you need to get it together. Passers-by are coming down the road from Jerusalem. They had already performed their church duties. I did my thing today. I prayed. I already helped somebody. I called someone on the phone and encouraged them. I prayed for someone already. I'm done for the day. The priest was such a person. It's a person of scripture. Come on. They performed sacrifices. They did all of these things. They went deeper in the temple than anyone could ever go. They pressed in to the holy of holies. But when it came to helping their neighbor, they failed miserably. Passers-by were caught up in a lifeless religion, a life of, I see, but I won't do anything about it. Share love does not pass by the need. Share love gets up in the morning and says, how can I help someone today? How can I help someone? Number two, share love starts with you. I say it like this, the unlikely person. Some of us don't feel we can do that. Some of us don't feel that we have it all together. I don't have a college education. I don't have a gift of gab or I can talk to people. I don't have all of the scriptures memorized, so if someone asks me something, I wouldn't know what to tell them. Go pray. Go read the Bible. I don't know what to tell them. I don't have it all together. You are the unlikely person. Do you know that the Samaritan was the unlikely person? The Samaritan just did what he knew to do. He didn't walk around with scriptures on the hem of his garment. Probably wasn't coming from the temple where he just came from the holy of holies. Didn't come from just giving a great sermon or laying hands on the sick and healing them. Just walking down the street and saw a need. Samaritans are half Jewish, half Gentile. Samaritans had an identity problem. Come on. But the Samaritan saw the need, and decided to do something about it. Samaritan could have finished off the Jew because Jews hated Samaritans. But the Samaritan didn't do that. The Samaritan helped him. Samaritan was not religious, not a temple person, come on, not a Bible scholar, not a theologian, not even supposed to do these kind of things. But he helped him. 
Because this Samaritan was different. You may be the unlikely person, but you may be the person that God has chosen for the job. Maybe you don't have it all together. Maybe you don't uh, have all the scriptures memorized, but God is calling you today to do what you know to do. Number three, share love starts where people are. It starts right where you are. He, this, the Bible says he came to where he was. The Levite and the priest passed by on the other side. But the Samaritan came to where he was in order to help him. He came to where he was. My take, the Samaritan had gone through some hard things. Maybe he had been beaten and robbed himself. Maybe he related to this person. I don't know. Maybe someone helped him in the past. Maybe he never received help and he knew what that felt like. So he decided, I'm not going to do that to someone else. Maybe he could sympathize. Maybe he could empathize. He had compassion. Samaritan saw the man in need. To help people, you must move toward them where they are and start from that point. That's where you've got to start. It takes a concentrated effort. And I want to tell you a little secret. It's not convenient. It's not always convenient. Come on. That's why it takes a concentrated effort. And then share love starts with seeing and being moved by the need. You can't be heartless and be a person that shares the love of God. You have to see the need and be moved by the need. Samaritan saw the man in need, went to where he was. Matthew 9, 36 says, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. Yeah, share love starts with seeing and being moved by the need. 1 Corinthians 1.4 says, He who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we may be able to comfort those experiencing any trouble with the same comfort with which we ourselves were comforted by God. In other words, that same thing that you received from God, you then turn around and give. Find out how God loves and love like that. See what God does. Go and do likewise. Come on. Number five, share love starts with doing something about what you see. It's not enough to just have compassion. It's not enough just to have empathy. It's not enough just to feel sorry for someone else. It's not enough to say, oh, I wish things were different. But you see, share love is all about doing something about what you see. In verse 34 of that Luke chapter 10, it said, So he went to him and he bandaged up his wounds. He poured oil and wine. He put him on his own animal and he took him to the inn. He took care of him. He spent the night at the inn and the next day, when he saw that the man wasn't ready to go, he gave some money and said, listen, if it's more than this, I'm going to pass back by. 
and I'll pay you the difference when I come back by. The Samaritan did something about what he saw. Went to him, bandaged his wounds, poured oil and wine. He shared his love. And lastly, and probably most importantly, shared love costs something. Yeah, shared love costs something. The Bible said on the next day when he departed, he took two denarii and he gave it to the inn's keeper. Told him, take care of him and I'll pay the difference. This is the extra mile in life. Comes from Jesus. If a man asks you to go one mile with him, go what? The extra mile. This is the love Jesus lived by. He just didn't show it occasionally. Jesus lived by this love. To go further, the extra step, even when it costs you something. I know this may not be the most popular message in the world. I know we may want to hear the message out of Deuteronomy 28 that tells us we're blessed in the city and blessed in the field, that we're blessed when we come and blessed when we go. And you want to hear that you are the head and not the tail, which you are. You want to hear that you're above and never again beneath. You want to hear that you're blessed and God said that I would that you prosper even as your soul prospers. You want to hear that his mercy endures forever and he heaps blessings upon you. And you want to hear that his blessings come and overtake you. I know we want to hear those things because they're true. But if we don't share love, it's all for nothing. If we don't share the abundance that God has given us, what are we accepting it for? Do we say we're not selfish, but really in our heart, we are selfish? Do we say that we're others focused, but really in our heart, we're self-centered? Because it shows a tree is known by its fruit. I can look at a tree and tell you it's an apple tree. I don't have to go back and look in the book and go through a bunch of scientific tests. I don't have to take a little bit of sap and take some bark and put it under a mic. I can just look at it. If it's got apples, it's an apple tree. Come on. Tree is known by its fruit. But I want to tell you, compassion costs something. 1 John 3, 17 and 18, but whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need. Listen now, this is John, the Lord's brother, (laughs) and shuts up his heart from him. How does he have the love of God abide in him? John says, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed. And in truth. James said, I'll show you my faith by my works. You can talk all day long. Starts in your mind. Festers in your heart. You confess it out of your mouth. But there must be action with your faith. Otherwise, it's just hot air. James 2.15 says, if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace. Be warmed 
and filled. But you do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, it is what? Dead. Faith without works is what? Dead. Folks, we must have the love of Jesus in us before we can share it. If you find yourself dealing with these points and it's hard to deal with, I understand what you're saying, Brother Mike. It's just a little difficult because I have my own problems. I understand about the sacrifice, but I have needs of my own. It's a little difficult for me to move in this thing that you're talking about. Then I would tell you that there may be a loss of cabin pressure in your area and you need to put on the oxygen mask. (laughs) Come on, first. You'll be able to help others, but you need to be able to press into the presence of the Lord first. Get into your prayer closet. God will expose everything in your heart to you. Come on, don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of it. Don't hide it. God will expose it to you. And he'll deal with it and he'll help you deal with it. Once you're able to do that, he'll fill you with his love. His unconditional, unending love. The greatest force in the universe. God desires to fill you with it today. That you might share it with others. Share love is for you to be used by Jesus, to be like Jesus, to share like Jesus, to love like Jesus. Your eyes are the birthplace of kindness. Come on. Your heart is the good soil and fertile ground that God can plant the seed of love in. You just need to till it. Till the ground of your heart. Make it ground that God can plant his seed and that it can grow in. I'll end with this story. Sort of a modern day parable, I like like to call it. It says, one day a priest went to visit the Jericho Road. He was a very religious man and he saw somebody who had been hurt on the Jericho Road. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. Saw somebody who was hurt on the Jericho Road, and he was mortified. He came, listen now, he came and gave that person their last rites and quickly ran back to his parish as fast as he could. The following Sunday, he gave a sterling sermon about the Jericho Road. And he felt so much better. Felt that God put this person here for a purpose. That I could come and share. A great sermon came out of this experience. Then there was a pastor who went down to the Jericho Road. And he was appalled by what he saw. It was awful there. So this pastor, he came back to his church. And he taught a course called... The biblical understanding and perspective of poverty. Sounds like a good course, doesn't it? 
They showed films of people who were being beaten up on the Jericho Road. Everybody felt rotten, but they all felt so good that they had finally done something for the people on the Jericho Road. They watched films, they understood it, and they had compassion. Another person, a revivalist, he didn't go to the Jericho Road. Watch now, listen. But he saw it on television. Then he gathered 65,000 people together in the Jerusalem Dome. And they sang songs about the Jericho Road. You should have seen them with their microphones and their spotlights. How they sang and prayed so beautifully about the Jericho Road. Felt like they had done something. Then there was this left-wing activist. He went to the Jericho Road and he was incensed. He was angry by what he saw. He was an angry man. And he came back and he organized demonstrations in the cities. He got all the young people out of the high schools and colleges and graduate schools. They shut down the universities and they marched on the Jerusalem monument of the capital city. Yes, they were very active for the people on the Jericho Road. Then there was a right-wing activist. He went down to the Jericho Road and did he see that we had moral decay in this country of ours? He thought, we've got to solve this problem. We've got to raise unemployment and change the economy so there won't be so much violence on the Jericho Road. So what did he do? He lessened taxes for the rich so the rich would have more money to make investments so there would be more jobs for the poor. And he increased sales tax on the poor so all people could help pay for the cost of maintaining the Jericho Road. While the priest and the pastor and the revivalists and the left-wing activists and the right-wing activists were all busy, the men on the Jericho Road died. They did all the things they felt like they could do except help the man on the Jericho Road. Jesus has called us, folks, to take action. All of those things, all of the programs, all of the thoughts, all of the marches, all of the, th all of the sermons, all of the things you could do don't mean a hill of beans unless the person who needs help gets helped. We need to help. We need to share love. Come on. Jesus was the greatest example of one who shared love. In fact, Jesus shared everything that was in him with us. He shared it with you and I when he went to the cross. See, Jesus had it all. He was with the Father in heaven, created the heavens and the earth, created light, created you, created me, breathed the breath of life in us. 
had all power, but because you and I were lost, he wrapped himself in flesh and he shared his love. He shared love. How many know that cost him something? Not just his life. That cost him pain and anguish. It cost him something. Jesus is the greatest example of shared love.